So we are coming to the end of our series on how to pray. P-R-A-Y, pause, rejoice, ask, and yield. And this model of prayer is based on the Lord's Prayer that we find in Matthew 6 that I just read, also in Luke 11. Jesus' disciples uh, came to Jesus. They wanted uh, uh, to, for Jesus to give them a pattern of prayer, um, and he, he does so, and in doing so, he also, also gives it to us as well. And so, since the beginning of this series, and, and in the beginning of this, this year, we have attempted as a church to pray the Lord's Prayer every day at noon. And some of us have been better at this than others. Some of you are here, and you're just like, what? We were doing this? Okay, yes, we were doing this. Um, and so some of you were praying at noon or 12.30 or 2.30 or 5 o'clock, whenever you remembered. And sometimes, you know, let's just be honest, probably you went through the motions. You just, you recited the words because the preacher told you to, and you did it, and you really didn't think about what you were saying. But maybe, perhaps, a few moments during the last month or so, you paused, you really said the words, word by word, line by line, and you really thought about what you were saying and asking God. Now, when we started this whole thing, I said that pause, uh, the P in pray, uh, may be the toughest part of this uh, pattern of prayer, that, but, that before we start praying, we actually have to stop praying. We've got to uh, just be still and know that God is God, and, and that's difficult for a lot of us, especially in this, I don't know, this culture of busyness that we live in. Uh, we, we have so many distractions. We have, we're, we're all responsible for so many different things. It can be hard just to pause and to breathe and to be still. But it's a crucial step before we rejoice and before we go to God with our, all of our asks and our wants, our needs, our petitions, our intercessions. We just got to pause. But I also said at the very beginning that this last step of pray, of yield, might be just as hard. We've paused before we prayed anything. We've tried to remove the distractions. We've, then we've moved on to re, rejoicing. And rejoicing begins when we remember who God is and what God has done. And when we do that, that's when we rejoice and we thank and we praise God. Hallowed be your name. So we pause, we rejoice. Then we get to our asking and we get to our you know, whole to-do list of, here, God, this is what I need. This is, this is what I'm asking for. And we've gotten through that. And for a lot of us, we think, man, that's probably where, that's, that's great. I've paused, I've rejoiced, I've asked. That's it, right? That's good. But we can't forget to yield. Yielding is when we bring all those things to God, all our requests to God, all those asks, all the things that we typically associate with praying. We bring all those things to God, and then we let them go. We yield. Now, one note that I want to give, especially to our parents and our grandparents, our guardians, uh, those of you with children, that when you're teaching the pray model, this is one of the suggestions that Pete Gregg gives, is that um, instead of yield, use the word yes. Yield's kind of a, still, depending on the age, is a hard-to-grasp term, but instead of yield, use the word Yes. But isn't that a great reminder for all of us? No matter what happens, no matter what we ask for, no matter how God answers or doesn't answer our prayers, our response is yes. Our response is yield. Our response is not my will be done, but your will be done. Another way of thinking about yielding in our prayer life is thinking about surrendering. 
Yes, we've got to come to God with our requests. We come to God with our needs. We, we've come to God with our requests for healing, our, our requests for salvation for our loved ones. But in the end, we must surrender. We must lay our requests down before the feet of Jesus and give it all to Him. We surrender our plans and our asks to whatever God chooses. We surrender. We surrender our will to God's will. We surrender our plans to God's plans. We just we surrender. We give it all to God. All the outcomes, the solutions, the end product, we give it all to God and we trust Him in everything. We yield. We see a perfect example of this uh, in the passage that I just read from the, for, about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus has just shared the Last Supper uh, with the disciples, what we call Holy Communion, that we're going to share in just a moment together. And so he's just shared the, Lord's, the Last Supper, and he's, he's taken a few of his disciples, three of them together. He tells this small group of disciples that my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And so Jesus steps a few steps uh, further away from them. He kind of gets just off to himself, but probably in um, earshot of the other three. And he falls down on his face and he prays this prayer. Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Just after this prayer, Jesus would be arrested and he would be tried and he would be condemned to death by crucifixion on a Roman cross. The worst death possible. And so in the garden, Jesus is feeling the weight and the agony of what he is about to go through. And so Jesus prayed to God for this upcoming suffering to be taken away. Jesus prayed for the cross to be taken away. You see, Jesus, God invites us to ask. But before it's all said and done, Jesus yields. Jesus surrenders. He says, yes, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus surrenders. And so following the example of Jesus, following the model of prayer that he gave us, we're invited to conclude our times of prayer with yield, surrender, yes. We, we are to surrender to God's presence. Remember, we are to pray on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Now, there's a lot of meetings that can go to this statement, but when you boil it down, we are surrendering to God's presence. We want it to be on earth as it is in heaven, and heaven is being in the fullness of God's presence. So we are asking God to be present on earth with us, and we are asking to be in the presence of God. Just as we begin with pausing and removing the distractions from our heads and, and in our lives in order to get into that right frame of mind to pray, and in that moment we are asking for God's presence to be with us, we end our prayers with the same. We invite God's presence to fill us. That means we've got to stop. Again, we started with stopping and we end with stopping. We stop and we listen. Once we're done with all the asking, our petitions, our intercessions, we've got to stop, we've got to listen, we've got to rest in the presence of God. We're to surrender to God's presence. We're also to surrender to God's holiness. So we surrender to God's presence, we also surrender to God's holiness. Again, I said that, that yielding was going to compete 
with the idea of pausing with being the most difficult part of our prayer life. And here's what I mean. Jesus tells us to pray, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, most of the time on Sunday, we say uh, a version of the Lord's Prayer that says, forgive us our trespasses as we also forgive those who trespass against us. But to boil it down even more, what we're really saying is, forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who have sinned against us. Something to note here, this is the longest of the petitions that we give to God in the Lord's Prayer. Perhaps because this is our greatest need. It's also the greatest blessing that we receive in the Lord's praying. They're the same thing. That is the forgiveness of sins. And to receive it, we've only got to ask for it. But to ask for it, we have to admit that we need it. All we got to do is ask for it. But in order to ask for it, we've got to actually admit that we need forgiveness for our sins. And, you know, just instinctively, whether you're doing it physically or not, we kind of squirm a little bit. Think about it. We go all the way back to the creation. We kind of pass the buck. Adam and Eve, uh, the man blames the woman, the woman blames the snake. Hot potato, hot potato, hot potato. No, not my fault, his fault, her fault, its fault. Anything and anyone but us. This is by far, this is by far the hardest line of the Lord's Prayer to pray when you really sit down and think about what you're praying. Now, I want you to notice the language in Matthew. He talks about debts. He talks about forgiving debts. It's all commerce language. Some of you are sitting here, oh, Lord, I could use some forgiving of some debts. Debt refers to something owed or something due. And when Matthew talks about forgive, he's referring to wiping the slate clean. The idea is rather audacious. We're asking God to wipe the slate clean, to forgive our sins and to forgive what is due him. Think about it commercially. I know we've got some bankers and some business folks. Everyday folks, hey, trying to go to the local bank manager or your mortgage lender or your credit card provider and writing this letter. To whom it may concern, my family and I appear to have borrowed far more than we can afford to pay. I'm writing, therefore, to ask you to erase from your hard drive all records of everything we currently owe. Forgive us our debts. Let's call it quits. Yours faithfully, John. That's crazy, right? Because that's not how the world works, right? Not at all. No. But that is how God works. Thanks to Christ's sacrifice on the cross. See, here's the thing. It doesn't matter what you've said or, or, or done, what you've thought about saying or doing, where you've been or who you've been there with. There is more grace than sin in you. Pope Francis once said, God never tires of forgiving us. We get tired of asking forgiveness. God never tires of forgiving us. We get tired of asking forgiveness. But we can't forget the other half of this petition. Forgive us our debts, yes, as we have also forgiven our debtors. 
Not only do we need to surrender our own sin to God, but we have to surrender to God our anger and our frustration and our hurt and our unforgiveness towards those who have sinned against us. This is where we've got to take our clenched fist and loosen them up, yield, and surrender. I mean, listen to the words of Jesus. Right after he's done giving the disciples the pattern of the Lord's Prayer, this is the next two verses. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. Whew, good, great, good news. Hold on. But if you do not forgive other, others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. We can't expect God to forgive our sins if we aren't willing to forgive those who have sinned against us. Listen, I know they started it, okay? I know. They started it. I get it. They said terrible things to you. I get it. I know they hurt you. I know that they can't be trusted anymore. I get it. I get it. But, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. We must surrender to God's holiness. We must surrender to God's holiness. We have to surrender to God's power as well. We end the prayer in Matthew with deliver us from the evil one. We've got to realize that there is indeed a spiritual battle waging. Yes, we know the end of the story. God wins. Hallelujah, praise Jesus. We know the end. But the devil is stubborn. And he's going to continue to fight even though he knows the end of the story. So we've got to surrender to God's power. God is in control. God will fight our battles for us because he has a strength and a power that we, that's beyond our own. So we've got to surrender to God's presence, surrender to God's holiness, and to surrender to God's power. I want to end with sharing this with you. Most of you have probably seen it or read it. Um, you've already shared it with me. I, I know our ladies have shared it in their Monday study, and then it was shared this past Wednesday night, but maybe you haven't heard it. Earlier this year, Tony Evans, uh, who is a pastor and author, his wife, uh, Lois Evans, passed away to cancer. Um, and during the funeral, their son, Jonathan, shared his thoughts, and they kind of went viral because it's pretty powerful. So I just want to share a part of what he said, and I just thought his words summed up this idea of yielding and surrendering and saying yes. So he's, he's in before the congregation, he's at the funeral, and he's sharing how he was wrestling with his mom's death. He's wrestling with God. He goes on to say, I was wrestling with God because I said, if we have victory in your name, didn't you hear us when we were praying? How many of us have been in that situation? Didn't you see the cancer? Didn't you hear us? Why didn't you do what we were asking of you? Because your word says if we abide in you and your word abides in us, we can ask whatever we will and it will be given to us. Your word tells us that if we ask according to your will, that you hear us. Your word is telling us in Mark 11 that if you pray believing, you will receive. To be anxious for nothing but through prayer and supplication, make your request known. Where are you? 
I was wrestling with God the last few days because this was a great opportunity that we can tangibly see your glory. Everybody was praying, not only in Dallas, but around the country and around the world. People were watching, where are you? This was an opportunity to see your glory. He goes on to say, and as I was wrestling with God, God answered. He said, number one, you don't understand the nature of my victory. Because just because I didn't answer your prayer your way doesn't mean that I haven't already answered your prayer anyway. Because victory was already given to your mom, you don't understand because of the victory that I have given you. There was always only two answers to your prayers. Either she was going to be healed or she was going to be healed. Either she was going to live or she was going to live. Either she was going to be with family or she was going to be with family. Either she was going to be taken, well taken care of or she was going to be well taken care of. Victory belongs to me because of what I've already done for you. The two answers to your prayer are yes and yes. Because victory belongs to Jesus. He goes on to end by saying, there were always two answers to your question, yes and yes, because of my grace being sufficient. And he ends with, thank you, Lord. Yes and yes. Pause, rejoice, ask, yield. Yes. It is by surrendering to God that we overcome by emptying ourselves that we are filled, and by yielding our lives in prayer that our lives themselves become prayer, the Lord's prayer. We live it out. Surrender to God's presence, surrender to God's holiness, and surrender to God's power. Amen.